Konnichiwa. Welcome to the Jandals in Japan podcast. Hey, Catherine, how's it going? Hi, Jane. Great. Even though it's hot, I'm yeah, doing I think fine. Our bodies are finally acclimatizing to the heat, and Maybe. it's not so bad as when I was like practically crying a few weeks ago <laughs> from how hot it was. Yes. Yeah. I think July was hotter than August. Like mm-hmm. now we're in August, it feels not as bad as July. Strange. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, well, summer. Come on. Let's get through summer. And I'm really looking forward to autumn coming. So much excitement happening in the next few months. Loads of stuff happening here in Japan. Very busy. Very, very busy. But before that, there's less people around Japan than there used to be last year. Did you hear the story today? What's that one? Well, the Japan population has been falling. A massive 726,342 people. Mm. That um, is a so lot it's of people. Fallen. It's fallen down to 125 million in Japan now. And, you know, that is actually quite a lot of people. If you think about it, and I went on Google and found out how many New Zealand cities would be evaporated. And right. it would be Wellington, Christchurch, Hamilton, and Dunedin combined is around 780,000. <gasps> so, no. yeah, yeah, that's ah, how many so people. That all the population of those cities disappeared in, the, yeah. in a year. Oh my goodness. Right. So that's mm. brings it into proportion. Um Is it deaths or is it also some um immigration it's COVID, involved? Yeah. There? Deaths at an all time high one point four million. Mm. Births at a low time record around hundred eight hundred and ten thousand. So okay. the number of people, right? It's the, the natural loss there. So also residents in Japan who are foreigners dropped mm. um hundred and seven thousand. So you know, that's pretty bad. It's the mm-hmm. second consecutive year, I think, that the population of foreigners has gone down, which, yep. of Makes course, sense. is due to those tighter border controls, as mm-hmm. we know, yep. right? And you know all about that. I think yeah. you've been trying to get your mum in, that's right? right? We have just been uh, investigating the process of getting my mum to be able to come and visit us because we have not seen her for three years. Mm. And that is far too long to not Mm. see someone's own mother and have grandchildren and see their grandmother, etc. So we went down the route of investigating, okay, so how do we get one of these family entry visas? And the paperwork, I was like, wow, it's just a grandma wants to come see her grandchildren. It's not a criminal anyway exactly right it's not fair come on japan you've got this (laughs) nosedive of birth rate going down you've got this you know border issue to bring up those numbers let's just do it Mm. just stop holding on japan this is we get you being nice and safe and secure but actually look at what it's doing it's it's impacting our friends and family and you jane Mm. too so it is not good yeah no so However, better news, however, better news. The other piece of news today we had to, was yeah. that the All Blacks are coming to Japan. They're allowed to come to Japan. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> there is that, in. right? You know, there is yeah, discrimination. It's just, it's just, you know, who's going to do the paperwork for you, right? Well, so, someone else will do it, right? Mm. So they're coming here in October. Very exciting. exciting. October Yay. 29th, they've scheduled a game for the new Lepobitan D Challenge Cup 2022 mm. with the Brave Blossoms. Yeah, I see like Lepobitan D is the yes. dare, that's how they say it, right? Lepobitan yeah. Dare is the sponsor. And when they've written it in English, I was like, no, it starts with an R, not with an L. It's <laughs> not Lepobitan. Jane, you've been here far too long. There's a sign. Well, I have fun fact. I did a TV commercial for Lepobitan D in New really? Zealand. 
many years ago. Oh, yes, funny. with uh, no, I'm telling the truth. With uh, Toe CM, Toe CM. Oh, Toe, yeah, Toe, yeah. and also mm. they were doing it all for the Taisho Seiyaku, Taisho Pharmaceuticals, right? Who make mm-hmm. that product? Mm-hmm. And so I went. I jumped out of an aeroplane, not aeroplane, a helicopter into Mount Aspiring National Park with the mm-hmm. two Japanese you know actors as mm-hmm. well as you know roller coasting and not roller coasting what am i saying roller skating <laughs> you did roller skating well they did, they did roller skating they did roller skating roller skating <laughs> oh my God. in the port hills and just looking out to littleton harbour and also mm-hmm. there was this paraglider landing into the remarkables of course oh, they had wow. doubles doing it sure. the new zealand new zealand um, actors doing that double part mm-hmm. but it was such a fun episode a cm that was played in japan and i thought wow i was part of that I so you find it and I, it i've in got now. it videoed somewhere so i have to show you sometime yeah, it must be on youtube somewhere it has right. to be oh yeah let's see point. if we can put it in here try and later. find it but i have an affection towards the poppy dundee because mm-hmm. you know they they had many many products Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the different labels on like a Thai, they had uh, English, they had Japanese, all the labels of the products. So they kept doing the Lipopitandi right. shoots, you know, different takes for the different products so that they could mm-hmm. have the same product going into various countries in Asia. It was really amazing and such a good job mm-hmm. to have while I was a student in Christchurch. So there you oh, go. Wow. That is such a fun connection between right? Lipopitandi and... Yeah. <laughs> The All Blacks now. Yeah. I was just wondering about the average New Zealander trying to figure out how to read that because it was on the All Blacks website that I was just looking at and it was like, Lee Lee Poppy. Poppy. No, I, yeah, anyway. <laughs> and of course, you know, um, Dan Carter and Richie yes. McCaw are the brand ambassadors mm. for that product. So that obviously, re- you know, now two and two makes four when they were here recently, recently promoting yes. and so all mm. of this has come together. But I think it must take a lot to try and get a game together like that as the All Blacks head up to their Northern Hemisphere games. Mm. And hopefully they'll do a little bit better than they are doing right now, Jane. Yes, I hope so too. I hope they leave the shirt in a better place, which is something that we've been talking about today in today's episode coming up with Adam Hall. So we're talking about barbecues Mm. and selling barbecues in Japan. How do you do that in a country where people don't really barbecue or you know how in New Zealand, lots of families would have uh, a barbecue set up in the backyard, ready to go at any moment's notice when you feel like cooking yeah. outside and, and instead of cooking inside. Yeah. That doesn't happen in Japan Ooh. so much at all, right? So no, not at all. Why would you? They have little to... charcoal grills, don't they? They have little yes. grills, but the not an actual charcoal. barbecue and mm. not a decent one like not the a brand gas one. that, yeah, the brand that uh, Adam, Adam worked for. And so we talk about barbecues and he was such an entertaining speaker and mm. you'll hear him shortly, but he loves rugby analogies. And so <laughs> if you don't know many analogies in rugby, this is the one to write down the episode right down from the episode committed to the tackle and you know move the jersey further up the field and (laughs) i've got a book here i wrote them all down that's not really um committing to the tackle i think that was one that you liked um that's going in for a shirt grab so all of these gorgeous little rugby things that adam is also saying amongst his brilliant knowledge about uh coming into japan as a jandal that's been so successful Yes. So if you are listening to the audio version, you can also pop over and see the video version that we have today uh, for this episode. And we hope you enjoy that too. 
yeah, so let's hear from Adam. Kia ora, Adam. Welcome to Journals in Japan. Morning. Hi, Adam. Hi. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Hello, guys. Where is it all over Weimar at this time? Oh, it is. <laughs> no, are we? Hang on, no, it's 10.40. No. It's more, it's already, it's more, more konnichiwa. It's already konnichiwa. <laughs> you can tell we've been here a long time. Welcome to the <laughs> show, Adam. So excited to have you here. Yeah, thanks Jane, for inviting me. Jane. I have you. a special question, warm-up question for you, Adam. A or oh, B, which are you? You're traveling from Tokyo to Osaka. Bullet train or plane? Bullet train. Why is that? It's smoother, no chickens, and I quite like the scenery, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it's quite nice to have that sort of five-ish minutes of Fujisan as you it is. steam by, right? As you're flying by. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Catherine? Bullet train or plane? Ooh, I do love the bullet train. Again, because of Adam's comments as well, but just that no check-in and you can just rock up, you know, a 30 seconds, one minute before, get on. I Even know, if it's you amazing, get your coffee, it? they'll serve you coffee on board. If you want a, a black coffee, a decent black coffee, you know, it's great. It's so convenient. And there's a, there's like one every 15 minutes or something mm. ridiculous yes. like that, isn't it? It's amazingly really often. Great. So I live in Fukushima and there's like one train an hour to come to where I live from Tokyo. And so if you miss that, you're in trouble. But, you know, if you want to go between Tokyo and Osaka, just it's like the next bus coming along, right? It's a 15 minute intervals. It's amazing. I was surprised at it wasn't as smooth as I thought it would be to go oh. on the bullet train. When I went on it recently with you, Catherine, when we went to our little trip to Nara, I was oh, like, yes. the bullet train is so smooth. Yay, can't wait to try it. And I was like, damn, when did it get so rough? And then I just realized perhaps the little train that takes me from Fukushima to Tokyo has improved. So it's in the, in the days, it used to be a Comparison. lot more rickety. Mm. And now it's not as bad as it was. And so that's perhaps where my <laughs> lost my. Um, Maybe. Or it thing. could have been an older one that we were on because there's a lot of older been. ones on the line. And I know the, the faster, newer ones are really, really smooth, right? Mm, but, maybe it yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. But I'm definitely bullet trained too. Any chance to go on the bullet train is exciting. Something diff like if you don't do that when you're in Japan, it's kind of a shame you don't experience the bullet train thing, right? So. We'll put your full bio in the uh, show notes, but tell us about this adventure that you've had so far um, and this latest venture with uh, the Manukahani. You could have done anything else, but why that and why now? So I'll take us two steps. I'll start from the beginning-ish with Weber. Um, so Weber, American company, sell barbecues, absolutely world's nicest people. Um, if you haven't met anyone from Weber or don't have a Weber th that changes your life, they're wonderful people and products. Mm. Their whole approach is barbecues. Barbecues make people happy. So mm -hmm. the owner, mm -hmm. his viewpoint on life is love people. So love people. And just, if you give consumers and people enough love, at some stage that will come back to you. And wow. so that was his take. And it was actually a really great education on for being so some brands may call it consumer centric and there's all these mba terms for it loving people is one way that's kind of been instilled into me and so barbecues in japan six years ago the market didn't exist and so people yes people grill over hot charcoal people do grill over open fire weber size charcoal barbecue or a gas barbecue or a stretch electric barbecue didn't exist 
And so the owners said, find a way of doing it. One way that we find that works is flavor and mouth. So just get people, as many people, hands-on experience the product that you can, and that should turn up um, trumps for you. Mm. So that's the approach that we did. One thing that also has been taught me is if you're going to succeed in Japan, really give it your best shot. So hand on hearts, don't go into it a little bit 50-50, really commit. And so we said, right, to the US, this is how we want to commit. We want to try these exciting activations, as you mentioned, Mm. world's first barbecue park, Japan's first barbecue school, world's first barbecue concierge service. Wow. And if someone's going to commit to a pretty premium product, Mm. then really love them forever so that they can hand a heart to other people, that brand is awesome. Mm. So that's the way that was instilled into us at the time was me and two others. And that's then over, I'd say about six months, uh, after six months, that then started to get picked up by media, media pick it up, start telling the story for us. And then before we knew it, we had a wildfire brand. Yeah, which was um great. So that was Weber's approach to it, and so I kind of want to borrow those as much as I can in my own life. Yeah. <laughs> so so how led... did you get to be at Weber? Like, how did you end up in yeah. Japan in the first place? What is what this a country manager here? role? Yeah. yeah. So Weber had been in Japan for ten years via distributor, and had a very small business. And it was a ship and forget market. It was an opaque market. So there's zero visibility on what goes on. We were only hearing problems about box issues, returns, the product's too big, all the reasons why it won't work. And so then our paths matched. And I said, yep, I like to go into tackle fully committed so we can roll the dice together. And they credit to them they said okay we'll roll the dice with you weber from the beginning had the support gave them gave me the support and that's how it moved forward so that's how we started and why did i join weber i was thinking so i was with my wife my because previously at a wine company and my wife said okay you we just had a newborn baby and you want to go from a wine industry into a barbecue industry yes <laughs> are you mad, mad. right <laughs> stop that <laughs> exactly and you want to start it up yes and the business has been here 10 years and not doing it's much new, and you think you can yeah. turn it around yeah. yes she said okay mm. have you been drinking in the office today mm. um so we had the, the chat and the chat was is there a current barbecue market no do people eat big steaks here? Mm, the country of sushi, maybe no. Is smoke going to be a super issue? Yes. yes. Is there any way to put these on people's houses? Most likely no. Mm. Is there any reason why this will succeed? Mm, it's a stretch. <laughs> right. Let's roll the dice. Yeah. So if it, was, if it was easy, I wouldn't have taken it. If it was something that had to be created from zero, and still a new blue ocean approach to the market, then yes, that's the one that excited me. So I thought, right, let's take it on and see how it goes. Because of the natural filter of it being a difficult market, a niche market, super seasonal market, super seasonal category, that natural filter kind of left only a few candidates to want to take it on. Luckily, Weber and I managed to make a bond. Wow, where did you meet them? Was it at a barbecue? <laughs> 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 um, no, it was an um, introduction. Great. An introduction. Interesting. An introduction. So um, 
Yeah, so it was here and it was already known, but it wasn't doing so well. So you just took it to next, next, next level. It was here. It wasn't well known. It was parallel imported like crazy. Mm. So there was, it was a bit of a sanitizer market. Take it back to zero and start again and assume right. there was no market is the approach we took. We were very lucky that the barbecue, barbecue turns into a, a bit of a hobby niche market. And so people start, when they enter this, they start, the people, the limited people that were involved in it were very, very uh, keen uh, hobbyists. Mm. And there was one, one thing that I found, which is interesting in launching businesses is start with existing infrastructure. And one existing infrastructure that we met was called, believe it or not, Japan Barbecue Association. So there's an association, exactly, it's Japan Barbecue Association, and it's a wonderful Japanese guy who has a cowboy hat, dresses up as a Japanese cowboy, and teaches barbecue. And he, really? he has the of heart. Of a barbecue sensei, right? Like- he's a barbecue sensei. <laughs> Does he give out little certificates and grades and you can become a a shihan in barbecuing? Like a a master of barbecuing? Exactly. Mm, He's he's made it like Japanese people recognize this and want this, right? Exactly. So he was, his full-time passion and job was to teach people barbecuing. Mm. And so he was selling the software and we were providing the hardware. Mm. And it was a wonderful relationship there. So we decided we'll, work together and the more he grew the more we grew the more we grew the more he grew and it was a wonderful little symbiotic relationship oh my goodness so that was one thing um believe it or not there's also there's a, a home party mm. association <laughs> um that we're trying to talk to <laughs> that guy's got a good gig going on as well oh my goodness. so really? a, so finding these little clubs leveraging yeah. existing there's infrastructure not, no there we go oh my goodness and there you go. So Japan has an association for everything. Japanese people want to be part of an association for their deep hobbies that they have, yeah. their, their very deep interests, whether it's barbecuing or um, we've had uh, recently the, the solo camping, right? Solo camping yep. is a new thing, right? So I'm yep. sure there's probably an, a recently sprung up solo camping association. Um, <laughs> you know, so find maybe, the association. Yeah, find people that- who love doing mm. what your product is or or you know helps or whatever yes. yeah that's so for example fantastic. for manuka honey there is a manuka honey meister association of course there is oh my goodness it's like the <laughs> the sommelier of manuka honey right exactly so in japan find, it would be yes right yeah, so finding local infrastructure and local little hobbyists and using mm. working together to benchmark to kind of springboard yourself as one area that has seemed to be quite yeah, beneficial mm. oh my goodness. and so that turned us that. into manuka honey so i'm yes. i'm very no. long-winded <laughs> in my answers aren't i no, this um, doesn't tell us about that because it's yes. not barbecuing what? right it's completely so different it's not barbecuing it's not home goods either so the reason got into that is so if we start with the existing premise of me liking a difficult challenge mm. Manuka honey, yes, exists. The category exists. And that's point A. But also point B, I was very keen to try and leverage, launch some brand from New Zealand and Japan on my own. Mm -hmm. Try and bring something that's not really existing here um, and leverage the skills that Kindly Weber and other multinationals have taught me and use that into more smaller New Zealand businesses. 
mm. and launch it, launch it here. And mm. so managed to, again, through introduction, meet a Manuka company, Puato Manuka. And the reason I liked that story is I wasn't a Manuka avid from a aficionado from the beginning. It wasn't like my goal in life was to sell Manukani. My goal in life was to sell something niche, blue ocean opportunity from New Zealand and Japan. And the reason why I thought Manuka looked a bit exciting is when I was trying to buy it, I found I couldn't understand the category. Mm. There was there's all these different numbers. There's MGO, there's a UMF. The numbers <laughs> exactly. can be very high. There seemed to be no yes. relationship between the, the rating of the UMF or the MGO and the price. Some were lower rating, but higher price. Mm. And it was kind of confusing. And I thought, well, if I'm confused, then Possibly there are other people who are also confused. So I thought, right, one, I would like to kind of be a leader in the easy to understand section. Then when I heard more, a bit more detail about the brand story from Puerto, I found that, so my background being wine, I found that Manuka honey in New Zealand tends to be mostly New Zealand Manuka honey. So it's maybe mostly blended or it comes from larger regions so let's call that, let's call that the category of New Zealand Savion Blanc or New Zealand Pinot Noir. Then if you want to go for a higher level of New Zealand Pinot Noir, you've got Central Otago. Well, the Central Otago or the Napa Valley of Manuka honey in New Zealand, I couldn't find. It seemed like it didn't exist. This Puata Manuka, the brand that they've really well done a good job in creating, is sourced only from a region in New Zealand, believe it or not, is called the Forgotten World. No, I I cannot believe so. No one I know in New Zealand, my parents who have never set foot out of New Zealand, they think New Zealand, they know every square centimeter of the country. Sure. There's nowhere called the Forgotten World. So they were invited and saw it and said, well, I'll be. There is an area called the Forgotten World. So it's A, it's a small, small area. The honey comes only from there. Plus, when I was looking at the, hearing this story, what they've got, They've got three elements they're working for them. One is it's volcanic soil for a winery that mm-hmm. throws a price up through the roof. The next one is the honey comes from an area called Fossil Canyon. In this soil are seashells. But oh my goodness, yeah. this is like the, the expensive Bordeaux, whereby just an old riverbed makes the price go up through the roof. And the third one is every day they have fog, which is exactly the same as Napa Valley. So I thought, well, oh. any one of these points would create a very world-renowned wine territory. Can we not try the same thing, create the central Otago of New Zealand Manuka honey? And then if we do that, then that is a blue ocean opportunity for us. And then ideally, if we can create that Manuka honey craft segment of one area, then that will then lead to other opportunities for people to say, well, I take mine from Kerry Kerry. I take mine from somewhere. And so then we have, then we create a whole new category of Manuka honey, which is craft single, the new vineyard or single yeah. apiary yeah. um, craft manuka honey, which then mm. can then re-energize a whole category. And yes. I thought that sounds incredibly difficult to do, but also really rewarding if we can pull it off. Mm. So what that's where idea. we've committed to the tackle. And that's the idea of driving that message. Oh, wow. So fantastic. I have so many questions. This forgotten world place, where is it? Like, is there a town near it? Yeah. Are you going to tell us where it is? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, in, it's. In Taranaki. Oh, it's in Taranaki. Okay. Yes. Mm. There, and there is a mountain called Mount Poatu. Mm. 
that right. it bases its name off. Right, right, so right. Did they have honey there? Well, you're saying that the manuka was brought in there. The hives were brought in to that particular area. Were they already doing something there? So it was interesting. Like so the person who set it up isn't a honey a manuka honey person by trade. His um, his wife's family had a farm there, and when he was visiting, he noticed that people would come in, set up hives get the honey and then move on out kind of like honey pirates and he thought hang on i'll have a go of this as well and tried it and everyone he tried who tasted it said this is absolutely fantastic We never tried anything like this and so the taste profile of puerto manuka is completely different than any kind of manuka honey you've ever tried what's and- the difference because yeah i don't like manuka honey i'm sorry it's it's, okay. it's chemically tasting yep. to me right what yep. is the difference between your honey and yep. the, the the other honey so that um, kind of medicinal flavor mm. that you may be picking up, mm. that is, yes, that is very prevalent in all, I haven't tried every Manuka honey, I've tried many, and that is prevalent in the majority of them. Mm. The, this one, because of the three factors in the, the different vineyard, not vineyard, apiary, I keep calling it vineyard, apiary um, mm. styles of the features, it gives it a completely different profile of flavor. Mm. So it's almost like a dessert. So the profile that the photos that we've created, we created some photos here to try and have a flavor profile. And we've got oranges and mangoes and cup puddings. So a consumer can see the product and say, oh, maybe I'm not a Manuka honey fan, but this one, okay, it's got a few reviews. It says it tastes like pudding, mango, orange. We'll give it a try. And that's mm. what it tastes like. Oh my goodness. And it's, um, so it's a premium product. And when your children under the age of seven get a tasting for it, it um, can vanish quite quickly. (laughs) All of a sudden, everybody's saying, dad, I've got a sore throat. Dad, my throat hurts again. I think I need some more Manuka honey. I need some more honey. So the chocolate's gone out the window, which is fine. But Mm. um, the Manuka honey is definitely being consumed. Oh my goodness. Wow. Look at the packaging of that beautiful product you've got. Yes. How does that impact the way that you sell it here? It's in a circular tube. Yep. Uh, it looks to me like it's sustainable, reusable. What's important about that packaging when you're bringing products into Japan? And, you know, have you got any recommendations? Yep. Like on labeling must have been a bit of a, a trial perhaps yep. for you. So tell us a little bit about that. Yep. So packaging is always a fun topic in Japan. So I'll break this into two pieces. Piece A would be on the consumer benefit. Piece B would be on maybe more the logistical dealer term side of things on the packaging piece. So the image we're going for is there's a lot of Manuka out there, which is great. And it's resembling a mountain and a river, all kind of look a little bit similar. (laughs) So Poato, this is without me meeting them before I met them, they've gone for a very clear, fresh approach to kind of match their fresh flavor and they're very the the people who operate and own it are very pure of heart and so i think the pure image the pure image new zealand has that also transpires very nicely into the pure packaging that they have which has won the gold medal for um, packaging which is quite nice is it sustainable yes it's glass the glass piece is meant for two pieces a it looks very nice um it's sustainable and b Manuka honey should be kept away from sunlight. That's why you'll often see it in a dark amber Mm, plastic mm, package. mm. The glass here is to show that we can actually have ours exposed to sunlight and it's such high quality that it won't damage it too much. So that's another piece. 
that story I probably won't tell to consumers. It's a bit too long-winded. It's more of just a clean approach. And then on the packaging piece, this is probably where Japan becomes quite finicky and difficult to deal with. Launching new packages that look exciting and consumer visibly friendly can be challenging because any slight scratch, any slight bruise or abrasion is immediately a not available for sale category. So my response, my idea there would be generally when you're sending Japan, it's going to be a little bit of pain on the front end, but I'd suggest to 100% inspect things before they're shipped out. Mm. Um, something that people don't want to do. It's much more cost effective to do that than as opposed to ship it over and then worry about who's going to, what do we do with these things? And then having someone, every time you go to a meeting, that then becomes the point of why can't we sell? Oh, well, you're packaging. It's something that I would tackle on first hard, remove it from the table and then move forward. Yeah. Mm. I love how you've just, I was wondering why you had the package inside the package, but the outer is sustainable and pretty and it's won an award. Yep. Wonderful. But the whole point is everything. Anytime I've bought Manuka honey, it has been in a dark container. I've always mm. gone, well, I can't see it. Why can't I see it? I want mm. to see it to show people mm. how beautiful it is, that mm. amber gold color. But now you've said it, right? It can't be exposed to the sun. So you've got the best of both worlds. Yes. A sustainable package that's pretty that people would love to have on their table. And then it can be brought out and then put back in. And so it's presentable. You can keep it on the table. If you want, um, the, I love that. Yeah, now you've enlightened me on that one. Oh, it's also the, the price point um, for Manuka Honey. It's, it probably falls into that gifting category as well. Yes. Um, mm. And the big gifting culture over here. So it's an easy to gift product. So what is something that being a, a Kiwi in Japan yes. has given perhaps given you a head start or a helping hand along the way? Is yep. there something about being a Kiwi? That's, That's a good question. To um, success here? I'd say yes. I'll take that again two ways, probably. Point A is the image most people have of us. I'm putting us all in us here. Um, is we have come from a clean, green, honest, all encompassing, all welcome environment. When people first meet us, they think, oh, this person must be along the lines of this character which usually starts well, especially in business sense, whereby it's nice being at the table and the person's immediate image before I open my mouth is that this person's not going to do me wrong. It's quite a nice mm. image to have. Mm. I think it's up to every one of us to then respect that image that people have and that's being given to us from previous people and then take that kind of like the all backs and move the jersey further up the field or leave it in a better place um, to then really honor that respect and say, well, yes, this is how I hold myself and uh, keep that image that people have of the country continue moving forward and kind of self-confirm the image they have of us. Mm, I've really found that. Strong, I've also yeah. found myself doing a very horrible version of a haka, probably more the times than I want to admit. <laughs> so anytime there's an event or anytime right. there's a group of people and I'm the only New Zealander and there's a group of people more than five, nine times out of 10, I'll end up doing a haka and butchering it. <laughs> so practice your haka skills before you come to Japan. It should yes. be in our playbook. <laughs> yeah, so you can do us proud while you're here. They love a good haka in Japan, don't they? It's, it's probably... One of the things that, that Japanese people do know about New Zealanders, the haka, yeah. 
very very you said two things there adam um the clean green honest you've got our reputation and we just need to leverage that and be be true to that and the people that come before us that have passed that way with their honest Mm. approach to doing business and new zealand always ranks high in the transparency index across the Mm -hmm. world up there usually with finland or denmark one of those two sorry to that country all those countries but we're up the top there right new zealand is well known for that what's the other side that the other second point I think we come back from having a, a product which people believe a product is going to be a high quality product. Is it going to instantly fall into that premium, premium quality, premium price segment? Right. Mm-hmm. So when I come for a product, people don't expect me to be selling something that's going to land in a hundred yen store. They expect I'm going to come with a product which has been vetted, tested, it's approved. It's an honorable product. Yes. And so that kind of personality and the brand then kind of match. Right. And I've been selling American brands. um, (laughs) Did you notice any difference between that? Oh, here's here's someone selling an American brand as opposed to here's someone selling a New Zealand brand. I usually use it to my advantage and say, well, Mm. that's made in America. This is made in New Zealand. And they're both (laughs) going to do you well. So I know that you've got a lot of purpose driven aspects to your business. Mm-hmm. Adam, tell us about that because I know recently you did some activities with REI, the Refugees International Group. Yes. So tell us a bit more about that, those activities and why they matter in Japan. Yep. So that's a two-step approach. Approach A is, as we touched on briefly, we come from an image of New Zealand as clean, trustworthy, helpful, all everybody's welcome kind of approach. And so as opposed to just borrowing that image that people have created before us, wanting to work upon that and say, yes, we are, this REI, so Refugee Empowerment International, doesn't have anything specifically to do with New Zealand. However, it's shown that New Zealand companies can be involved in helping global situations. Um, so that's one point of saying, if someone says, well, you say that you're New Zealand and you're kind and all this kind of stuff, are you actually doing anything apart from your selling product and making profit? Well, yes, mm. we are doing this, even though we just started up, we definitely want to be seen as on the front foot of helping support uh, any good cause that we can see. And A, so yes, that's a good thing to help A, grow independent brand, our brand of as being a New Zealander, but also there are such a plethora of brands in the market right now. And everybody's trying to say for no matter what the category is, that we're good, we're the best, we're the purest. Then say, well, for a consumer to see through their eyes, well, are they just talking through a very overpaid communications agency or are they actually living what they believe is the idea? So trying to live what we believe is one approach to that. So trying to get the brand out is to support as many different categories as possible for showing that New Zealand brand and partner is not just a me too, or we're not just living off what our predecessors have created the image for us. We are helping leave the jersey in a better place. So how do New Zealanders find their first customer that they want to do what you're doing? Ah, yes. The elusive first, first customer. customer or first lead or... So if I was a brand sitting in New Zealand, so that could be piece A, could be if I was a brand sitting in New Zealand, how to crack open in Japan market. Piece B could be someone who's already in Japan, wanting to start up and have a new customer. Mm. Um, we'll start the first one. So because I've come from a consumer-focused background, I'm going to, my answer will be purely consumer-focused goods. 
So for example, with the honey, what, what I'm doing is making a lot of noise online and so e-com online before I make the product available in stores. So I'm trying to make the marketing and brand image come first before it's actually available. And so there are platforms like Campfire that they, they call it so it's, um, crowdfunding, a different version of the crowdfunding that we'd have maybe in English. But so crowdfunding sites and making a bit of noise on social media and Google's search words myself to get a bit of brand awareness known. Then once I've got a critical mass of people who like the brand, follow it, and the boat can kind of keep itself above water, then I want to expand the distribution piece. Reason being is in previous brands that I've been with, when I've gone sell first, market later, it's constantly been in a chasing the tail scenario whereby, mm-hmm. oh, you can't get this listing because brand ABC is doing something more than you. Or, oh, no, oh, we don't want to talk about marketing sales state. We want to talk about the product quality or the packaging or that kind of product. So I want to kind of have a brand created first. And then, and that's, yes, it's money up front. It's money racing out the door before anything is coming in. Um, so that's my personal approach on doing it. Um, doesn't have to be for everybody. Some people can contest that. But the idea here is to try and get some consumer awareness first and then drive sales second is one approach that I'm trying. So that would be if I was someone in New Zealand or if I was in Japan uh, as I am now, I'd probably take the same approach, tell the truth, try and create some kind of excitement and then do the sales piece second. And, and my idea here is then if it does not resonate with the consumer. If there's some really bad reason or there's a, a valid reason for why the product does not match the market, then I've found out early rather than later on down the road. Mm. How are you getting them to know about the product though? If you Are you on e-commerce only or are you also in retail? And how <clears throat> so are they getting the to taste it, for example? Yep, good point. So step A is e-com only. So, so platforms would be, own, own site, Rakuten, Amazon, both those can be set up yourselves. Quite a lengthy process set up, but yes, able to set up. Then, so that's how the product gets out there. On the PR piece, there's mm. think, probably a bit of a COVID supporter. A lot of people seem to go freelance during the COVID piece in Japan. And so there we've got, I've got a PR agency, which is a freelancer person who helps with PR. So actually today I'm at what's time? Yes, I'm allowed to say I'm actually on TV right now. Um Ooh, yay. <laughs> on TV right on TV right now. Um which mm. is quite a nice primetime spot. And fantastic. So that's, yeah, that's one way. Um, the PR person helps you to get that spot on the TV. Correct. Ooh. Fabulous. The PR person helped on that one. And she's um, he she is freelance. So you didn't have to hire a whole agency to get correct. that done. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. And then the, the PR person, so they've just set up. They were previously at a large entity. They wanted to set up. I happen to be their either first or second customer. So they're really looking at making some, hitting some boundaries mm. up front. And um, so they've really done a good job. So on TV today, it was quite nice. The second piece is social media has been able to, that's 
Again, I'm not the world's most savvy social media person. There are many other freelance social media people who are able to do that for me. And so that's where the testing comes in. So I'm taking from the wine industry, where I got taught the only way to sell wine is to pop corks. And so I'm sending out samples to KOLs, influencers, and influencers in different categories. So barristers, people who are chefs, people who are homemakers, different categories to get a different range of views wine sommeliers so i've taken a wine sommelier from a local restaurant that i like who's a really great sommelier and said you're a great sommelier can i help build your brand he said yeah sure I'll take a photo get a quote and put it all over my website and social media and he was like great so win for him win for us mm. so that kind of it's kind of grassroots approach i think oh that's how a getting the product sampled through kols b getting the product above above the line through self of freelance PR people. Mm. Um, so they get way. their sample, for example, then what happens next to actually nurture them all the way through to being a, a regular customer of yep. your board? So on the nurture piece, I'll own this. I'm probably a little bit behind my planned schedule on nurturing the consumer. Um, so the idea here is to be super in, engaged on social media and our mm. mail magazine content. Um, always constantly having from a different different category for a barrister or a, a gym goer or a homemaker every week there'll be some kind of content about that person for this category this is my viewpoint this is how you use it one thing that barbecues resonates well with barbecues is you want the person to use it as much as possible because then they tell their friends how great it is so constantly send them different recipes constantly send them different ways of using the product mm. um kind of free information i probably subscribe to far too many brands information brands mail magazine that i should <laughs> And one that Proto not such a fan of is every time the brand contacts me, it's with a, we've got a deal or can you buy now? Or are you thinking about a present? There's no real free information just because mm. we like you, just because mm. you've given us your personal information. Here is some free information as a thank you. Spot on. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so that's the approach I'm trying yeah. to go for. Say I like bit, that. It's yeah. a bit of a long burn. I enjoy what I've already bought from you more. Yeah. 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 It should teach mm. me how to use it so I can enjoy it more. Yeah. More. I love that. That's right. Awesome. Not mm. thanks for buying. By the way, here's a 50% yeah. off coupon. Can you oh, buy I some just more? bought it. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> how do I use what you've t given to me yeah. already? Use it up mm. so I can buy some more later. Yeah. Right. Mm. I love it. Mm. I love it. Goodness. If you were going to write some sort of playbook for entry, market entry into Japan for this particular product, right? Yep. What would be a couple of things you'd put in that chapter that must be's or must haves or must do's? You know, someone's picking up this book in New Zealand yep. and looking at it and going, I want to do what Adam did or not do what he did. <laughs> oh, no, yep. <laughs> Adam's not do I'd what he did. Adam's pitfalls. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd say one thing I probably did in the beginning, which I should have it cost me time and I actually had to end up redoing it, was all the registrations I did myself for the setting of a business. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did it all myself and spent far too many hours on documents and stamps and I probably should have. And at the end of the day, I got the stamps mixed up, registered the wrong way, and it was a bit Ooh. of a mess. So I had to start again. Oh, so my. ended up doubling my setup mm. cost. Um, I also registered my office to an office that apparently had been blacklisted from Rakuten, the physical location of the address. Oh, no. doesn't matter that it has nothing to do with me. And mm. 
that physical location was not a liked location, even though it was a valid office. Um, so that would be something that I'd probably, instead of me searching for myself, would probably ask, again, these freelancers, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be uh, the world's most expensive consulting company, would be one thing that I should have done. And now I do work with those people and life is merry. Well, there you go. <laughs> ask the professionals. And yeah. I think you've said it right there. And I do, I didn't even know that, you know, I know companies can be blacklisted, but the physical address was something was there before that didn't do so well or a bit naughty. Mm, yes. That's very interesting and really good advice. Mm. In all honesty, I was, for want of a better word, looking at doing a doing the setup on probably the more economical side of things and actually in the long run run cost me double because yeah i mucked it up Mm, yep ask the professionals get it done properly a little Mm. bit more perhaps a little bit of outlay but you'll get you're not you just said your costs for setting up doubled and and my time and my hours and my stress worries and then all my focus went on my non-core competency Yes. And I was focusing on being an admin legal setup master, whereby I never wanted that in my life. I wanted to do it once, forget about it, and move on. And that was completely the wrong approach. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. You hit it here. <laughs> you hit it here. Adam's <laughs> tips. Don't do. And there are people that can help you. This is not like, you know, Japan is not a country mm. where people can't help you with this. There are people out there. Who can and it's uh, language neutral. Um, the current company that operates for me they run everything in english and japanese um when they when it needs to be japanese they turn that on when it needs to be english they turn that on and it does not break the bank at all and there's no long 10-year guaranteed contracts very very uh, transparent business models they're on so they're out there um so i'd say that piece because the information now it could be because of the times it could be because of the, the the virus helped spur this on there are quite a lot of these operators so if you're currently in a deal with someone or you're currently in business the test but verify the trust but verify could work so you could say yes i am currently in the market or i am kind of looking at them already some company a has already got me x far you there's no harm in just kicking the tires with another one of these operators and seeing is everything set up and everything are you being told the right story Mm. what i'd do one thing I've seen is I've been here 16 years and a lot of comments I'll get from overseas will be, oh yeah, Japan, I'd love to be there. Yeah, it sounds like a good opportunity. <laughs> That's not really committing to the tackle. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of going for a shirt grab like and likely to end up yeah. worse off. Yeah, I'd say make sure you've got your probably a 12-month calendar lined out of this is the activation we want to do, this is how we track it. Um, have that clear and it doesn't have to be hundred percent stone, but at least some kind of direction to getting there. I luckily, thanks to Weber, that was instilled in me and that when things don't go the right way, that's what keeps the light at the end of the tunnel bright saying, right, I'm still going in that direction. So have your probably 12 month, three year plan kind of loosely on paper that you want to attack at. Yeah, we've heard so far on a recent episode, episode four, our native sparkling boys talking about having discussions with suppliers and distributors that are 30 years into the future. So things that they're looking to work on together. Yep. Yeah. Like wow. This is really some long, long-term thinking happening in Japan, I think, that perhaps doesn't happen in New Zealand so much. So yeah, it is very interesting to see the differences mm-hmm. there as well. Also understand that running changes is not accepted well so for example 
big brands dealing in the US and Europe maybe can say, yep, we'll start with label A, but we know that it's going to change a little bit down the road or we've already got plans to change. Launch with the changed version. Right. <laughs> don't, don't, don't run in change. It's, right. All you'll do is you'll, once you've got the distributor or the, the route to market's attention, as soon as you throw that change in, you go into the too hard basket and it's very hard to get out of the, once you're labeled as, oh, they change a product or the quality is rough or once you're labeled as that, it's really difficult to get out. It's a good point, right? Because a lot of people go into brand refreshes or logo oh. refresh and it's actually, oh. maybe it's not, you don't need <laughs> no. to change everything, right? Why change the wheel mm. if it's working fine? So it's a good point. Really mm. good point. Mm. One, one thing there on that piece, the, the refresh, as you mentioned that, one thing I've found with other brands is they'll say, right, Japan, we want to crack on. We've got all this new good stuff coming. And our response is, no, 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 no. We want the stuff that got you going 10 years ago. Give mm. us the stuff that when you first launched really got you off the ground. Don't mm. give it because you're targeting now more an advanced consumer. We want the stuff that you use to get your beginning consumer off the ground. Mm. So don't give us a new refresh stuff just now. That's great, but we can have that in the back pocket. But mm. what we're really interested in is what got you off the ground to begin with. That story, con consumer over here loves a good story that's really told in detail and like a wholesome story and so that i'd say stick mm. to that and your new stuff yes you can maybe feather it in but for the first six to 12 months just focus on what got you going in the beginning in your own market any other curious or interesting things about this business system ecosystem in japan that people shouldn't should be aware of that maybe aren't aware of one that gets people banging their head against the wall no matter where the head office is based i chat about is the amount of orders and business communication conducted by fax yes <laughs> another one for the fax machine <laughs> yes. keeping a tally that's another big chunk on the wall another stripe right <laughs> oh, really fax. yeah do you yeah. own a fax machine how do you handle the fax situation Personally, no, um, if business has to be conducted by fax, then I'm, I'm not the guy for the supplier. Right. You choose <laughs> well, not to a... be involved. No, mm. it's, it's, so current company operates some customers on fax, and there's definitely a fast track to move <laughs> out of the fax market. What if you mm. like them, though, and you think that'd be great? Can you innovate and help them and you know hashtag no fax and get them into a sort of a we've heard of electronic faxing as well which is working with one yep. company electronic faxing so that's right. our meet in the middle compromise right right yes it's minimal compromise right. it means you're going to have extra customer service staff to process it and then we have to find another role to help fill that headcount for a customer service person yeah yeah so mm -hmm. fax is probably as a frustrating piece Pitfalls, yes. I'd say facts is probably another one. Um, I'd say one thing which I see is a conversation which is always painful to be involved in is when an international brand will say to the local importing team, what do you need to go forward or what are your ideas? And zero ideas come back. And there's kind of both teams <laughs> look at each other for a while and what, what are we doing here? My suggestion there is to have before you go in, a through to Z of ideas and options that you want to crack on with and assume that over 50% will get cut down and just keep focusing on, okay, what am I up to now? Up to M. Okay, I've still got some time. I've still got down to Z. So I'd say keep focusing on being the, the creator of content and ideas 
that has to come mm. from the brand principle as opposed to saying, we're interested in Japan. We want to match the market and do what they want. They'll probably say, that's a lot of brain power and I've got 20 other brands to deal with. Can you just mm. tell me your idea and I'll modify it over here? That's <laughs> probably right. what they might so say it's got to come from you. Don't just leave it to the locals to do everything for you. It's really right. part of you as your brand ambassador for mm-hmm. that product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Ooh, good stuff. Mm. So tell us, yeah, your predictions for the future. Gaze into your crystal ball. What is coming in Japan? And it could be in your industry or in Japan in general. Um, so Japan in general. So e-com is going bananas. So that's pre- part of the reason why for own Puerto Manuka is very e-com focused. Retail, i hoping, will rebound. Still confident that it will rebound. But at the moment, it still very much seems to be a e-com generate market so that's one area crystal ball that we'd be focusing on i think that's possibly a global phenomenon as well going forward would be a lot more exciting consumer content so hopefully you'll see the brands that we've so for Puerto manuka we've got four different levels so 5 10 15 20 um, the idea would be to personify these and have these as their own little New Zealand personalities running around Japan. So hopefully we'll see how there can be some new way of creating brands from Nikani in Japan. Wow. And see how that Sorry. goes. It might be a horrible idea that gets shot down in flames quickly. It might go um, very exciting. So if you see it very exciting, it was my idea. If it was a horrible idea, it was <laughs> it my associate's idea. Yeah. <laughs> but as you were saying that before, I really thought that was a great a great mm. analogy to the wine industry mm-hmm. and the way that you've said, you know, there was premium and there's not. And the differences that you've put there, I think that could really work with the 10, 15s, 20s, 5s, et cetera. Because I have no idea what they mean. If you can explain that to me in a, a, an intelligible way that I'm like, I know the difference between those numbers, I'm in. You've got your customer. Awesome. Any other gold mines or opportunities you think Kiwis have for business in Japan? Kiwis in Japan, yes. There's. I think the New Zealand category is underrepresented here for all the wonderful stuff we have. There's. I won't name brands, but there's some a fruit company that does rather well for themselves here. I think there's. A, we've, when I go back to New Zealand, the supermarkets just look so exciting. The packaging is cool. The products are great. There's a whole lot of cool stuff in the shelves. A lot of organic stuff. All that organic is a big, big growing category over here. So organic, that stuff, we ha- we have it all. I would love to see more consumer-focused products represented here in Japan. Right. We want more cool New Zealand mm. in Japan. Not this cool Indeed. Japan. Cool Japan's great, but we want cool NZ. Exactly. Love it. Love it. Well, exactly. any promos or activities, activations that you're doing, Adam, right now with the honey, Manuka honey, that you'd like to let us know about? Yes. Well, I'd love to share for people listening today a code so people could go to the Shopify site and Ooh. redeem. Yes. So if we put a code as Manuka, Manuka Jandals. Manuka Jandals. Manuka Jandals. Manuka Jandals. Anyone, all lowercase? Yes. One word, lowercase. Manuka Jandals. Um, We'd like to offer 25% off to anybody who listening. Very, very generous of you. Thank you so much for that. And I'm going to be on there ordering my my mango, what is it? Mango pudding flavor. (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) Choose a mango mango pudding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And each product has a name. So... Entry level is playful. So five is called playful. 10 is gorgeous. 15 is 
defender and 20 is guardian. So the idea is to give each category to kind of consumerize the product. Right. To have I some kind of, and suppose now. just 10 mm. or 15, doesn't sound so consumer friendly, mm. but to give them a little bit of a, a name that resonates with the flavor and the characteristic of the product that I want to give when I personify it, those mm. are the names given. Mm. Excellent. Love it. So very playful, but helpful as well. Yeah. Hopefully. I'm going to go buy some Defender or, yeah. Indeed. Okay. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. I'm hearing a little bit of an, a rolling R in your voice. Is that, are you a Southlander? It's probably six years with a US company. Oh, is it? Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, from, I'm from Auckland. You're an Aucklander. Oh, I'm an Aucklander. <laughs> it's probably six years with a, um, a Midwestern company has got yeah. me. You could, well, you could pass in Southland, I think, now. With, you might, uh, yeah. Jane. That's where I'm yeah. from, origin, actually, but from Southland, my er. Yeah. My rugby skills aren't good enough. I'd probably be called out quite quickly. Yeah, you might not last long down there. No. Well, yeah. really, really, really super enjoyed speaking with you today. And um, I loved all your uh, rugby analogies in there. I'm creating, I've written it down a little list there. So I've got those, <laughs> I've got those on the side, sending me off to kick that one to touch, shall we say. Congratulations, Adam, really. Um, congratulations on being such a fabulous, living the image of what has been brought by others before us as a successful Jandal in Japan. We really thank you for coming on and telling us all about your journey for success in this land of the rising sun. Thank you so much. Lovely. Thank you. It's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you. Thanks. Lovely. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye. See ya. Wow, what a star Adam is. I really enjoyed listening to all of his gold nuggets and rugby um, oh. What's the word? Not I keep getting the word aneurysms. It's not aneurysms. <laughs> rugby metaphors. <laughs> metaphors, analogies metaphors. to those rugby, yeah. rugby things, right? Certainly pulled, kick that one to touch, shall we say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a gem, right? Golden gem, sparkling there. And um, you know, I think we're really lucky that we tap into his secrets and advice today. Yeah, that was really, really <gasps> awesome. Thank you so much, Adam. And don't I really you love, love the way, no, I was going to say, don't you love the way he puts things into A and B and section one and yes, two? Yes, one, two, three. He's explaining yeah. to clients, customers, it must be really good. There's two things. You know, it's, it's one way of following somebody is always have, knowing the, the, the road marks, right, or the, what is it, road signs. You know, when you can follow somebody by what they're going to say, by them telling you they've got two yes. things to tell you. Yes. I yes. thought you did that as a speaker, Very as a general good. point. That was really, really good for uh, Japan in particular. So people mm, can follow mm, you mm. when you're talking with them. I love that comment about start with the infrastructure that yes. is already there. And he yes. referenced the Barbecue Association of Japan and the Barbecue Sensei who hands out certificates for his students who have achieved the master or shihan master level of barbecuing this should just give you an insight into how deep japan goes into their hobbies there's no i doubt there's a barbecue association in new zealand even though most kiwis probably barbecue once a week in the summer at least right what yeah. could possibly be the association that you need to be in touch with and working with to help integrate your product or your business into Japan. Yeah. Even the Home Party Association. I was like, oh, my God, it's wild. The Home Party Association. Yeah. I mean, what are they doing? Are they sharing stories about how to, how to have a party, party without getting your neighbors 
to like complain at you for having yeah. a party in your because that's why a lot of people don't have home parties right. is they worry about the noise and if and you know bothering their neighbors a uh, reason why people don't barbecue at home is because of the smoke right and that would bother mm. your neighbors who are right there in japan that's why we have mm. an electric grill where we when we grill at our house you've been to a barbecue in my garden right we don't yes. yeah get going with the charcoal or anything so yeah yeah leading uh, starting with the infrastructure I also thought it was really great. He just sort of, you know, the stories we've heard a little bit before, but just, you know, being in there for the long run and not being, you know, when he said, talk to people about them saying, yeah, yeah, love Japan. Yeah, this year, year thing. It has to be a lot more stronger than that and having a real hand on heart, not going in there, right? He said, hand on heart. You've got to be there fully committed, not this 50-50 kind of a view. Give it mm. your best. Yeah, you're uh, right up the front there. He was telling yeah. us that. What was saying not going for the shirt grab? Was that what he said? Or was that you <laughs> going in for the tackle, not just for a shirt grab? Yeah. Uh, not, not, what is it? Yeah, not yeah. committing to the tackle. It's going just for a shirt grab. I love that. <laughs> yes. Hey, I think what he's doing on interpreting UMFs, uh, making them easy mm. to understand, is yes. really good. And he started with a problem. He did not himself know what those meant. And so he's on a mission to make them intelligible for others isn't mm, that a brilliant mm. way of an entrepreneur starting a business that's how we should be doing it. yeah that's great isn't it and Love he mentioned it. his the profiles that he's created for the different kinds of honey and instantly I was like now I understand yeah, yeah that's that's great I know which one I want to buy now yeah now that I, you've given me those those net then given them a name that makes sense so that's well really I'm after gorgeous are you after defender are you no I'm going to start playful. with down playful. the bottom playful yeah, work my way up. Yeah. Up to Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, making them very approachable. And mm. people know that they're at those levels and they can go up the levels. Uh, and maybe he can do some awards or certificate for the people who've attained the different levels of Manuka. Yeah, you've ordered Manoeuvring the Manuka. All five we go. <laughs> levels. You heard it here first, Adam. <laughs> but I loved also how he said on the nurturing part of things have just keep selling to people here's this discount coupon here's this here's that help them as i think you also put it help them how to know how to use the product better or more or in a different way mm. so that enjoy their product more, enjoy more. what they've yeah. already got mm. not try and get them to consume or buy 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 more maybe that's eventually down the track because you've taught them or helped them to get to know their product mm, more. Mm, yeah. I loved that. You that's know, awesome. we like you, here's um, some free information. That was awesome. Yeah. That's kind of like what Jackie does with her Merino products, right? Like she shows people how yes. you can enjoy using your Merino, you know, when it's not climbing a mountain, you know, there's other ways you can do it through exactly. whatever it is. Yeah. That's really, really great. And I love that thing he said about leaving the New Zealand brand better than yes. you found it so we've been given this heritage of our brand of New Zealand as being this clean green country and we're nice people to work with and and all of that so what are you doing are you just capitalizing on that but what are you doing to make the New Zealand brand even better or yeah to leave it better than you found it which is how totally. we like to treat our country hopefully right and when yes. we go and yes. use the nature in, in New Zealand, we hopefully leave it better than we found it. How do we do that for New Zealand brand overseas? That is a really well, great thing really to keep in mind. Fabulous. And I think the last thing from me would be 
you know, I'm a professional, I'm a lawyer in this Mm. world. And so I just completely understood what he was saying about leaving some of that work to the professionals, Um, you know, setting up the company, um, doing the office registrations, finding out those things with the business that can affect the business, um, such as that physical address, having a bit of a black mark against it. So those things, getting Mm. the ducks lined up at the beginning rather than trying to flounder at the end, you end up using a lot of your time on those things rather than actually trying to get your product out into the market. thought those were also very good practical term things Mm. that he talked about. Mm. Wow. What an episode. Well, I'm off to buy some honey. I'm going to go and click my way over to Adam's online store and get some myself some honey. And what a generous code. Gosh, yeah. we're so lucky, aren't we? Thank Whoa, you so much, What a great Adam. guy. Thank you so much, Adam. And then we'll see you again soon. Yeah, get subscribed. Sign up to the newsletter so you don't miss out on an episode. We'd love to see you back here again soon. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. listening make sure you check out our guests links in the show notes this podcast is brought to you today by Catherine o'connell law and pod launch with jane if you have a great story you think should be on the show come and find us on linkedin or instagram we'd love to hear from you see you next time matane